You're listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kamajis, a licensed clinical social worker with a multi-state online therapy practice. I have a passion for empowering women and mom therapists to break free of the fear, overwhelm, and oppressive systems that hold them back from taking action and building the private practice of their dreams. My goal is for you to boldly believe in yourself as a clinician and business owner. If you're looking for a place to learn practice building strategy and skill while also claiming your own power as a woman and a therapist, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the show. Hey, welcome to this week's episode of the Raised in Power podcast. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to just let you know about a special free workshop I'm hosting on July 12th called Planning for Maternity Leave in Private Practice. I often get a lot of questions from women about how to plan and prepare for and then take maternity leave in private practice. So I decided to host this free workshop as a way to help support women who are planning on welcoming children into their family, but also trying to navigate running their private practice through it all. This workshop will help you to think through and prepare scripts for how to disclose your pregnancy to clients how to help you cope with the pregnancy symptoms while still working, prepare for your finances professionally and personally to take maternity leave. It will also help look at how to secure coverage for your practice and your clients while on leave, and then prepare to return to work following the arrival of your child and when you feel ready to go back. So if you are currently pregnant or you plan on welcoming a child into your family in the future, this is a great workshop to help you prepare your practice for maternity leave. So you can sign up at www.raisetoempower.com forward slash maternity leave. Or if you check the show notes on this episode, there is a link there that you can click and it will take you to sign up. Again, this will be on July 12th. And even if you can't make it live, if you sign up, you will have access for all of the materials that are part of this training. So in today's episode, we're going to explore a topic that can sometimes be a dividing line between therapists and different practices. A lot of people have really strong opinions about this, and that is about taking insurance in private practice. If you were to poll a group of therapists about accepting insurance in private practice, you would get a variety of responses. People have different advice and opinions on what you should or should not do. And there can be a lot of judgment around taking insurance or not taking insurance. So today I want to take a basic look at the pros and cons of accepting insurance in your practice. Throughout this episode, I'm going to explore these pros and cons, but I really want you to keep in mind that there's no wrong or right answer to should I take insurance in my private practice? Each therapist is going to make a choice to either accept insurance or not accept insurance for their own reasons. And I think it's important to make sure that you make your own choice based on information and not out of fear. Because I think a lot of times I've seen that, myself included, that we make choices or decisions in our practice because of things we've heard or things that we're unsure of and that fear can hold us back. So we're first going to look at some of the cons or downsides of taking insurance in private practice 
And then we'll look at the pros. There are some of the more positive things that can come from accepting insurance. If you decide to become an in-network provider and accept an insurance plan, you say, okay, I'm going to contract with, let's just say I'm going to make up an insurance company, um, butterfly insurance plan. I'm just making this up so that like we don't get ourselves in any kind of hot water with any specific insurance company. But let's say we're going to be an in-network provider with butterfly insurance company. And when you decide to contract with them and you decide to become a network with them, what that means is that you're going to be accepting a specific rate of reimbursement from that specific insurance company. Each insurance company sets different rates of their own and what they say they're going to reimburse based on the type of session you're holding, even maybe your specific type of license or degree that you hold. Even if you say for a private pay client, you charge $150 for a 60 minute session to a private pay client. That's the amount they would pay if they were not going to use their insurance. If you accept a client with the butterfly insurance plan, you are agreeing to accept as payment, whatever that insurance plan's rate of reimbursement is. So if they say we will pay you a hundred dollars for a 60 minute session, that is the rate you're going to get. So when you take insurance or when you take a specific type of insurance plan, most likely you are going to get paid less for that session than if you were to be paid out of pocket directly by the client. Your private pay rate most likely will be higher than what the insurance company says they will pay you. Now, each insurance plan is different. Each of our private pay rate is different. And even the rates between different plans in different states can be different. So Blue Cross Blue Shield is going to reimburse at a different rate in, say, Ohio versus Texas. There are many times when in accepting a specific insurance plan, you may be getting paid a significant amount less than what your private pay rate is. I mean, that example of your private pay rate being 150 and getting reimbursed at $100, that's a difference of $50 a session. And that adds up. It is really important to try to get as much information about each insurance plan before signing a contract with them. And they don't make it easy for you to really know what are the rates of reimbursement. They don't usually broadcast that on their websites. It may be a little tricky to find this information, but there are options to figure this out. So one of these can be talking with other therapists who are in network with them and finding out what is the rate that you get reimbursed. Now, just as a side note, if somebody is contracted with an insurance company, I have yet to hear of somebody having a contract with an insurance company that says, I can tell you exactly how much I make as reimbursement. There's usually something in the contract that says we cannot disclose the exact rate. But if you do talk to another therapist, they may be able to say, I can give you a range that it falls between uh, $95 and 110 Somewhere in between there is what that rate of reimbursement is. And sometimes when you are beginning the process of credentialing with an insurance company, and we'll get into that in a minute, they may be able to tell you that or provide you with a list of this is what the rate of reimbursement is. 
sometimes they won't disclose that to you till you're like almost at the end of the credentialing process, but it doesn't hurt to ask before you get going. So depending on the rate that they say they are going to reimburse you and pay for that session, that will help you to decide if that plan for you. Some plans may get you pretty close to your private pay rate. So it is best to investigate and research before deciding to take an insurance plan. And I think to just remind yourself that you don't have to take all insurances if you say, yeah, I do want to accept insurance in my practice. You can choose which plans you do or don't want to accept based off of what you know you will get as a reimbursement rate that feels livable and feels financially manageable for you. So do a little bit of homework and just make sure you know a ballpark of what your reimbursement rate will be. Because again, most likely it's not going to be exactly what that private pay rate is. So that it can definitely be a downside to taking insurance. So you heard me talking about credentialing. Um, and this is definitely one of the cons I hear a lot of people talk about when it comes to taking insurance. So the credentialing process is a whole system and application to get on an insurance plan. You can't just say, hey, I'm going to accept butterfly insurance all of a sudden and start taking it. You have to go through a process where you complete applications and you submit documentation showing you know, your background and that kind of thing. And I know many therapists who have avoided or delayed getting on insurance plans simply because of the credentialing process. It doesn't get a good, a good rap, right? Like it has a bad rap because it can be very tedious. It can be overwhelming depending on what the plan is. And unfortunately it's not universal. There are some plans that I have done that have been as simple as filling out one or two pages. And then there's other plans where it feels like they're asking for everything from a copy of your license to your blood type. And it's really frustrating because each plan can want different things and they aren't necessarily the same and they have different forms. Um, there are some things that typically are universal, like they're going to want a copy of your resume. They're going to want a copy of your license. They're going to need a copy of a blank check so they can deposit money to your bank account. So there are some things that you can gather to help make that process easier, but it can be a really frustrating process. The other thing with this is that the length of time can vary between insurance companies. And that can be really, really frustrating because you really aren't supposed to start accepting clients with that insurance plan until you have been approved as a provider with them. There are some plans that I know that have taken as quickly as 30 days. And that feels pretty rare to me, but I know people who have with certain plans in certain states gotten credentialed that, that quickly. There's other plans that I personally have tried to get on that have taken like six to nine months. And it can be really frustrating because some, a lot of times you're having to like hunt them down and say like, what is going on? Can you give me an update on my application? Like, where are we with all of this? And so, yes, it can be very drawn out. It can be overwhelming, but there are some things that you can do or some resources you can have to help make the process not as overwhelming and to make it go smoother. Having a folder of documents that you know 
okay, every insurance company most likely is going to want this thing. There are people and companies that will also kind of do your credentialing for you. So yes, you do have to pay for that. But if you're just feeling super overwhelmed and like, I don't even want to do this, you can hire somebody. Yes, the credentialing process can be a pain in the ass, but it doesn't have to be. And there are things that you can do to make the process less overwhelming. So if you're simply avoiding accepting an insurance plan because of worry or fear or overwhelm of the credentialing process, take a breath, take a step back and look at what are your options to try and get this done. Because if that is the main thing holding you back, it doesn't have to be. There are ways to make it a bit more efficient, smoother, and less um, less frustrating for sure. We've all been told we need to network in our private practice, but no one actually tells us how to do it or what to say. Enter Comprehensive Connecting, effective scripts that expand your networking community and actually fill your online practice. This free guide will give you effective scripts to connect with fellow clinicians, medical professionals, and community stakeholders to build strong networking relationships that will help fill your practice. In this guide, you will get tips and tricks for building relationships that will lead to referrals in your practice, real life examples of messages used to connect with referral sources, and customizable plug and send scripts for your specific practice needs. So download your free scripts guide today by going to bit.ly forward slash comp connecting. One of the other cons that a lot of times will turn people off from accepting insurance is the administrative work that can come with being on an insurance plan and especially around claims. So yes, there is a lot up front with the credentialing process. It can be overwhelming, but there are some things that you do have to do ongoing when you are accepting an insurance plan. In order to get paid by the insurance company, we have to file a claim to the company with a diagnosis code and a CPT code for the type or length of session that we're having with a client. In theory, this can be pretty basic. It can be a pretty simple process, especially if you're using an EHR like simple practice or um, another one that you are able to just kind of create and file a claim to the insurance company through your electronic health record. It doesn't have to be really overwhelming or really task heavy, but depending on the insurance company, or how the claim was filed, there can be some headaches with things like denials or return claims that have things on it that need fixed or they need additional information. Sometimes claims can require a follow-up and sometimes you can get into a battle of fighting with an insurance company and that definitely can be a real headache. But that is not, I would say, in, in my experience and in talking with a lot of people, I don't know that that is necessarily the norm, meaning like if I accept insurance, I'm always going to be on the phone with them. I'm always going to be fighting claims with them. There are some insurance companies that have bad reputations for that. But again, this is where having some conversations with other providers in your area or in your state to say, okay, if I do accept that butterfly insurance, 
What has it been like for you dealing with claims? Do you get paid quickly? Do you have a lot of claims coming back rejected or denied? What is that like for you? Getting to hear other people's experiences can help inform you with some of that. And so, yeah, you will hear people talk about the struggles that they have with insurance companies, the frustrations they have with the administrative work that comes with the claims. But again, their experience doesn't necessarily mean that that is the norm. Getting information from people to find out what their experience has been like with a specific insurance company that you're thinking about contracting with can help ease or inform your decision about accepting or not accepting that plan. Now, this is not a complete exhaustive list of some of the like downsides of accepting insurance or some of the cons when it comes to accepting insurance, but these are three of the most common things that I have heard and that you will hear from a lot of other people about not being in favor of accepting insurance. Again, big one being just the difference in what you can make private pay versus being contracted with an insurance company. And then, you know, again, the credentialing process and then the ongoing administrative pieces. So if you've been thinking about accepting insurance as part of your practice and you're listening to this, you may be like, Ashley, why would I want to consider this (laughs) given what you've just said? But there are also some upsides or some pros of accepting insurance in your practice. So it's really important that we look at those as well. There are more than just these three, but these are three that I think are important to just consider. When you are in network with an insurance company, they become a referral base for you. So it becomes a way of having an additional marketing piece for your practice. Most insurance companies on their website for their clients or for patients have a directory where a client can search for a provider that is in network in their area. If you have insurance and you've ever gone on your insurance company's website, you can look for everything from an OBGYN to an occupational therapist, to a pediatric neurologist, to a behavioral therapist, right? So they are able to go on, you're able to go on and find people that have a specific specialty that are in network and that are in your area. This is another way for clients to be able to find you and you're not having to pay anything to be listed in their directories. Sometimes insurance plans will even refer directly to you if they have a client reach out. So I've had insurance companies contact me saying, hey, we've had a client that has been trying to find a therapist and they reached out to us as their insurance provider because they were having trouble finding somebody in network and you are in network with us, do you have availability to take this client? So it can be a way to, again, have referrals coming in and you don't really have to do a whole lot of legwork other than getting credentialed, but it's not something that you have to necessarily like continue to foster that relationship with that referral base because you're automatically a part of it if you are in network. So this can be another marketing tool for your practice, knowing that the directory of the insurance plan is going to be a big help to refer to you. A lot of times, again, there is this debate on should I accept insurance in my practice or should I be private pay? And there are some individuals who are seeking out a therapist who, for a variety of reasons, may say, I absolutely have no interest in using my insurance. I plan to pay for my therapy out of pocket. There's 
that's a whole other episode of why they may be choosing to do that. There are people that will seek out a therapist with the intention of not using their insurance benefits. But for a lot of people who do have access to insurance that covers therapy, for many of them, when they are reaching out to a therapist, they are usually hoping to use their insurance plan. Now, this is not to say you have to take that insurance. This is not to say you need to take insurance because people want to use it. But if you are in network with an insurance plan and someone is looking for a therapist that takes that insurance, it is going to be more likely that you will be able to get that referral if you guys are a good fit for one another, if you are the type of therapist they're looking for, if you are providing the type of treatment model or specific niche area that they need and that you feel like they're a good fit for you in your practice too. If you are in network with their insurance, they are most likely going to want to work with you versus having to pay an additional fee out of pocket. I'm not sitting here saying you have to accept insurance whatsoever, but it is something just to think about. Not everybody can afford to pay out of pocket for appointments. So offering to accept insurance is a way to help attract people. And again, it doesn't mean that you have to accept every insurance plan. You may only want to pick one or two insurance plans because you know that the reimbursement rate is pretty good. And that can be a way to offer your services as an option to people with that insurance plan. A lot of times, again, people are looking to use their insurance when they are seeking out a therapist. So that's just something to think about. Is that something to help draw or attract people to your practice? Another thing to really think about when you are considering taking insurance versus being just private pay is where are you in the process of building your practice? I know a lot of times people will start out saying, I want to just be private pay. And again, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever, especially if you are opening your practice before you're credentialed with any insurance plans, you are just private pay. But because so many people want to use their insurance, accepting insurance can be a way to help fill your practice quicker than if you are only private pay. Since people are wanting to use their insurance, if you are worried about not having clients or are struggling to fill your practice as private pay only, even if you have your niche really focused, even if you feel like I'm doing all the things to market, especially in this economic climate, you may want to consider accepting one or two insurance plans if you feel like you can afford it financially, because that's the other big part of this. You have to look at, if I accept this insurance plan, how is that going to impact my business financially? How is that going to impact my take-home pay? And if you are looking at the numbers and saying, this is not something that I can survive on, then that is not an insurance plan for you to get on. But I think it's something just to look at if you're in a place of, I thought my practice would be filled more quickly. I thought that I would be getting more phone calls. There's absolutely some things that we can look at to figure out what do we need to do or switch up with our marketing. But it can also be something to consider about how could 
accepting an insurance plan with your practice possibly be a way to help get more people in the door or more people on the couch? Again, there isn't a right or a wrong way when it comes to accepting or not accepting insurance in your practice. You have to decide what type of practice is going to work best for you, whether it is a fully private pay, whether it is a kind of hybrid model of accepting private pay and some insurance. But what I will advise is that if you are considering taking insurance, again, be sure to be selective. I've done the thing where I've taken them all because I thought I had to, right? I got on panels with all these insurance companies because I thought, well, that's the only way that people will want to work with me. But then shortly into my practice, doesn't take long because you're filling up with all these insurance plans. But then when I get into it, I end up shooting myself in the foot financially because if I'm taking the lowest paying ones and I'm having a lot of my appointments filled up by the lowest reimbursement rates, that's not feasible for me financially. If you are thinking of taking insurance, do a little homework before setting up a contract. I have at times gone through the whole credentialing process and gotten to the end and found out what the reimbursement rate is. And I have said, no, thank you. And you can do that too, just because you get to the end, because sometimes they won't disclose it to you till the end. You can say thanks, but no thanks. If you're thinking of taking insurance, do a little bit of homework before signing that contract, maybe even before beginning that contracting process. Find out what you can about the reimbursement rate so that you can decide if you can afford to take that plan. Now, next week, I'm going to be doing a similar episode where we're going to be looking at some of the pros and cons of being private pay only. So if you are on the fence of how do I want to set up my practice, do I want to take insurance? Do I want to just be private pay? Be sure to tune in next week and hear the other side of this, of what does it look like to just be private pay and how those pros and cons may impact your decision. And don't forget, if you are planning or expecting a baby soon and you are wondering how to take maternity leave in private practice, be sure to check the link in the show notes and sign up for the free workshop, Planning for Maternity Leave in Private Practice. Thanks for hanging out with me today and I will see you back here next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. Check the show notes for all links and resources mentioned in the show. If you found today's episode helpful or inspiring, be sure to share it with your therapist friends. And don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave your five-star rating and review. It truly means so much to me and will help us get our message of empowerment out to other women and mom clinicians. And I'd love to connect with you in our Facebook community. So check out the show notes for the link or head to bit.ly forward slash raise to empower to join us. I'll see you back here next week.